The champ has returned, Penn Nation. Please welcome back to the show our good friend and one of the most talked about and polarizing athletes in the game today, Colby Chaos Covington. What's going on, man? How is the champ life treating you? Oh, it's great, man. All I can say is God bless America, man. I'm just I'm just very happy to be living the American dream. How's your summer, summer been going? Uh, what did you do for the 4th of July? Oh, summer's been amazing, man. I've been in Oregon, you know, chilling with my family out here, seeing my one of my good buddies, Chael P. Sonnen, seeing another good buddy of mine, Cam Haynes. So, you know, just enjoying a little relaxation and victory tour before I get back to work and, and finish off uh, Tyrone Woodley's career. And I saw the picture of the bell in, in the Make America Great Again hat. Uh, has there been any update on you going to the White House? Or are you still hoping that that's actually going to happen? Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very uh, optimistic that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. You know, we have to get our schedules right. You know, I've been traveling. Uh, Trump's a busy man. You know, he's doing all his uh, political rallies. So it's definitely going to happen, and I can guarantee you I'm going to be leaving my belt at the White House. Now, as you mentioned, you, you, you've been back home in Oregon. I've seen you've been making the rounds there. Seems like you're doing a bit of uh, speaking engagements, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been doing a couple things, you know, going to a couple wrestling clubs here in Oregon, uh, talking to the kids, the youth, you know, making sure they're following their dreams and never giving up on uh, their goals and what they want to do in life. So, And then obviously, you know, walking the mean streets of Westland with my boy, Chael P, you know. Uh, you know, we're two Oregon gangsters, so I had to get together, so, uh, you know, to spit some spit some fire with him <laughs> yeah i saw you guys were, were hanging out uh yesterday i believe you did his radio show did you guys get a chance to train together at all uh no we didn't get a chance to train together man he's uh he's getting ready for fedor you know heavyweight so you know it wouldn't be the right look but uh you know we've trained together a lot in the past and uh you know i got a lot of respect for chael man that guy's a gangster and he's one of the greatest to ever do it without a doubt without a doubt man and every time i've spoke to him he's spoke highly of you as well uh, obviously, everybody's waiting to hear an announcement for the title unification bout between yourself and Tyron Woodley. Are we close to having a deal done? And, and what card are you guys looking at at this point? Uh, you know, the thing is, is, is now I hold the cards. So, you know, I'm not going to rush back to fight when he wants to fight me. We're going to fight when I want to fight. And, then, you know, I want to fight in November. That's a good time frame for me. That's, you know, I just fought fucking a month ago and they want me to, you know, I'm not going to be fighting, you know, September, October. You know, I'll be fighting in November, you know, so... That's what I'm looking at right now. I hold the cards. You know, Tyrone had his chance, man. We could have fought like three or four times. They offered him three or four different cards in the past, and he cried, oh, no, uh, I want a money fight. I want McGregor. I'll fight Diaz. But then they offer him me, and, oh, I got to get shoulder injury. You know, I got to get a shoulder surgery. So, you know, he's came and gone. You know, he's, he's on TMZ gossiping about the Kardashians. He's in Hollywood with the liberal scum. You know, he's, he's trying to do these B-list movie roles that go straight to DVDs. So, you know, he could do all that little acting career, you know, but he's going to fight me when I'm ready to fight, and, and that's November. He, he doesn't have the cards anymore. I hold the cards. So with you saying that you're holding all the cards, it sounds to me like you're pushing for the Madison Square Garden card. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pushing for Madison Square Garden. So make sure you uh, tell Woodley uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, I would tell him on social media, but he lives in his little safe space. He blocked me on all the social medias, on Instagram and Twitter, so I can't get at him and tell him Madison Square Garden, you know. He's acting hard out there saying, oh, I'm going to do this to Colby, I'm going to do that. But, you know, that's all talk, man. Why are you blocking me? I don't block anyone, Jason. You want to you wanna talk shit to me? Come to my page. I'll engage with you. But, you know, don't, don't, don't live in your little safe space and be a little liberal scum. Yeah, it seems to seems to me like a lot of guys that, that, that you piss off like to block you, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a joke, man. These guys, you know, it's they're all up in their feelings, you know. 
you know, they all got feelings, and that's something I don't have, man. I'm the I'm the king of the the nerds and the virgins, and that's why this movement got started because all these little snowflakes with their feelings, you know, they're getting melted every single day. Now, uh, realistically, man, I mean, I, I know you said that that November's gonna be the date. That's what you're pushing for. Uh, you're gonna make Woodley fight on your terms, but realistically, how soon would you like to have the contract signed? Uh, you know, realistically, uh. You know, we got to sit down and I'd love to get the contract signed, you know, within the next month or two. But, you know, I got to get back to training. You know, I'm out in Oregon visiting family and uh, doing some media rounds. I got to go out to the White House. I got things to do. So, you know, whenever the contract gets signed, but, you know, everybody knows what the fight's going to happen. It's, it's only a matter of time now. So it doesn't make sense to just force the fight out there and let's get it out there next month or or get it signed tomorrow you know it's like we're gonna make people wait and we're gonna build this up i made this fight who who made who built this fight i built this fight tyron didn't build this fight he's trying to build it now because he knows he has no choice and he knows this is my division now so you know this the fight will get signed when it gets signed but in the meantime enjoy the show baby the colby covington chaos show <laughs> well hey man i would agree with you 100 percent that uh all the more time you guys have to build this up it's only better for everybody involved uh, but, you know, you said something interesting when talking to Chael in a clip I saw earlier today from his radio show. You said that the belt means nothing to you and, and that you're here to make money and compete. You also said that you felt like Tyron uses the belt as a bargaining chip for money fights, as you talked about GSP, you know, Connor, Nate Diaz. I'm wondering if you feel like being a champion, you know, does that make a big difference when trying to get a bigger payday? Or with the example of a guy like Connor, is the belt irrelevant when it comes to being a big draw? Uh, to me, the belt is irrelevant. You know, to Tyrone Woodley, it's a bargaining chip for Tyrone Woodley. He goes out to Hollywood. He says, hey, I'm the UFC champ. You see this belt? And he uses it as a bargaining chip. The belt is nothing to me. I don't care. You know, I'm not looking to make money in this sport. Obviously, I want to make money, and that's great, and I want to build big fights. But I didn't come here. It's not about money fights to me. It's about solidifying myself as the best fighter in the world and continuing to be every contender one after one and be a great American champion. That's what it's all about. You know, look at the Golden State Warriors. Look at the look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not great American champions, man. You don't turn an invitation down to the White House. It, it doesn't matter your political opinion, what side you take. If you get offered to go to the White House, that's that's the troops, man. That's that's you going for the flag, the red, white, and blue. So regardless of your opinion, you need to be a great American champion, and you go to the White House and pay your respects to the people that the servicemen and women, the troops who put their their lives on the line every single day for your freedoms, that so you can eat out of your little silver spoons and make all your millions of dollars. Because you, you let's you, are you not proud to be American? Let's go see you try that act in South America. You wouldn't get away with it over there. Yeah, no, you. I I, I heard that point you made too, man. Like. Uh, you know, being so unpatriotic when you're in a country that affords you the opportunities to be able to be a, you know, a multi-million dollar making uh, sports athlete, you know, it, 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 it's pretty silly to think that, that you'd be bashing a place where these opportunities are possible for you. Uh, but, you know, speaking of a draw and being a big draw, people were really surprised by the numbers from the pay-per-view at uh, UFC 225. What was your reaction to that early lowball estimate? Um, you know, it, it was a low ball estimate, but you know, it looked like fake news to me. I mean, at first it, they said 150, and then and then they said 250, and we haven't heard what it's been since 250. But I don't think anybody else. There's no other cards this year that it did. Did any other card this year even do 250 pay per views? We're looking at look at DC is the greatest fighter of all time. He just fought 
Stipe, and I don't. Who knows if they even got two hundred and fifty? So you know, I, I mean, two fifty is pretty good com- comparing to what's been offering in the UFC. You know, so the thing is, is I'm the only draw that was on that card. Robert Whitaker wasn't selling any fights. No one cares to watch him fight. He's boring. No one wants. You know, he doesn't sell fights. He doesn't talk. Same thing with Romero. He doesn't talk. He's all shy. Oh, I love you, boy. You know, he he doesn't even speak English. So you know, Uel Romero's not selling no fights. And CM Punk, everybody already saw that show. Everybody saw him lose. Everybody knows he's not a good fighter. He sucks at fighting. He's a pro wrestler. So you know, everybody saw that show. I was the only one on the card pumping the cards. So those all those buys were from me. Two hundred fifty thousand buys. That was all my work. So you know, I think I did a pretty good job. And that was just the start. You know, that was the beginning. Wait till you see the next one. I think people also aren't considering the amount of viewers that were probably on Globo down in Brazil, you know, the people that tuned in to hope to see you lose, right? Absolutely. You know, it's only counting for the pay-per-view numbers in America, and it was somewhere around 300,000, 400,000. The last estimate, not actual figures, was 250,000. So that was just an estimate. We probably got to three or 400, which no other cards have done that this year, and that was all me. And that's all in America. If we're talking about Global, if we're talking in Brazil, if we're talking in, in Europe, in England, where you know they don't have pay-per-views, they're all streaming over there. If we're talking in Australia, I'm a huge draw in Australia because of the incident with We're Doom. Huge draw in Russia. You know, people love me over there because of Khabib, and they they love the wrestlers. So, you know, I'm a big draw worldwide right now, and those numbers don't adequately affect the type of attention and uh, and and hype that I'm generating. For sure, for sure. I, I think that <clears throat> we've seen a big downturn in the pay-per-view numbers all around for the UFC, but that's terrestrially. I think worldwide the the viewership is gaining. But uh, speaking of the pay-per-views, man, UFC 226, that went down over the weekend. You had plenty to say last week uh, and after the fight. But first with DC, uh, you gave him props for defeating Stipe. I'm wondering, what did you think of his performance, and do you think that he's officially the greatest of all time now? Yeah, DC, you know, he, he's an undisputed, undefeated two-division champion. So he is definitely the greatest of all time. I mean, he's had a flawless career. Uh, you know, he's making the heavyweight division great again. And you know what else something I like about DC is that how brave he is. He's forever a legend to me, Jason. You know that brave act that he did in Brazil when he had to hold the might, when that whole Brazilian arena was throwing their $5 hot dogs and throwing their $3 Coca-Colas at me in that, in that third world poor dump of brazil so you know dc is a brave man he's a true american icon and he is the greatest ufc fighter of all time now at first when i saw what you had said i thought that it probably be another dig at john jones because you said you know dc was 21 and 0 i'm sure that's a part of it but it sounds to me like you do genuinely have a lot of respect for daniel cormier absolutely you know he he is undefeated in my book i mean his his one loss, it's on paper. He has one loss on paper, but, you know, it, it, there's an asterisk next to it because the guy that gave him that loss was also on steroids. He was on cocaine. He was on bingers where he was hitting pregnant ladies at, at, a, at, a, at a traffic light stop, and then he would run for the foothills. You know, he had two girls in the back of his Bentley while his family's at home. He's wrecking his Bentley with two hookers in the back. So, you know, D.C., you know, he's a great guy, and he represents what – uh, the greatest of all time should represent. So, you know, I, I don't feel he's ever lost. I feel he is undefeated and he's the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Now, what do you make of this potential fight with Brock? You know, does he stand it? Does Brock stand a chance? Does he deserve that title shot? And, and is he a cheater in your opinion? Uh, yeah, he definitely deserves the, the title shot. He's, you know, this is the entertainment business now and it's all about selling pay-per-views and, and if you're a draw. So, 
that's what that's what the sport's headed. You know, you need to generate uh, attention. You need to generate generate eyes, and that's what Brock does. So he definitely deserves it. He was a former UFC champion uh, at heavyweight, so he deserves a shot. But you know, there's a reason that Brock Lesnar left the WWE and he's leaving. He's coming to the UFC. My buddy, my good buddy Bobby Lashley, he's over in the WWE now, and and there's a reason Vince McMahon sending Brock Lesnar to the UFC because he doesn't want Bo- he doesn't want to see Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania in the WWE. I think that would be the greatest uh, the match ever, you know. DC or uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman versus Dan Lambert and American Top Team and Bobby Lashley. It needs to happen at WrestleMania and WWE. So you think, obviously, you know, uh, Bobby Lashley making a lot of noise coming back to the WWE. Uh, incredible figure, uh, you know, physique on that guy. He generates a lot of uh, a lot of um, you know excitement when he steps out there to compete. But it sounds to me like you believe that that Brock has come back to the UFC because Vince McMahon does not want to put that that match together with Bobby Lashley and Brock. Yeah, one hundred ten percent. That's the reason I believe that. I think he's a little bit scared of Bobby. Finally, a, another world class wrestler and, and big, strong guy like him that can keep up with him in the ring. So I think he's he's ducking Bobby Lashley in WWE, and that's why he wants to come to the UFC. And make no mistake about it, Brock versus. DC and the UFC is one of the greatest. It's the greatest fight ever. But, you know, DC or Brock versus uh, Bobby Lashley in WWE is the greatest sell ever in the WWE history. You know, look at their managers behind them that will be on the mics. Those guys shoot one-liners better than anybody. Their promo skills are second to none. And that's Paul Heyman for Brock Lesnar and Dan Lambert for Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I tell you what, I'd love to see that back and forth. That would be uh, <laughs> that would be like uh, The Rock and, and uh, Stone Cold Days. Epic, epic proportions. Uh, but you also went after Matt Serra last week uh, prior to UFC 226. It's, it's been no secret that you guys don't like each other. However, I'm not really even sure how the beef started between you two. Where does the dislike for Serra come from? Oh, the dislike for Sarah comes from he's been trying to downgrade me my whole career. The last couple fights, you know, picking against me to win, saying all this stupid stuff. But he's been looking for my attention for a, for a while, Jason. He goes on his little podcast. He's like, oh, if I ever see Colby in person, I'll slap him in the face. So, you know, he, he's got my attention now. He, you know, I, I didn't give him my attention before, but he's got my attention now. The thing is, is that Matt Sarah is going to need a step stool to talk to me eye to eye. You see how tall he is. He's like a little midget. And not only that, he's lost three of his last four fights. He's 11 and seven he's a joke man all he does is hold dana white's umbrella so you know he's there to make dana white laugh and the guy's a comedian he's a joke yeah i I saw you said something about uh comparing him to bentley farnsworth i haven't even heard that name in ages that was that was pretty funny but i'll take it that you were not entertained at all by him subduing a drunk guy or being inducted into the ufc hall of fame last week no, it's not very cool to, to ride a 50-year-old man on the floor. That's not cool anymore these days. So not only that, the video was set up. So, you know, oh, they want to give uh, Sarah some hype before he goes in the, in the Hall of Fame because no one cares about him anymore. So I uh, definitely, that, that, was, that was a joke, man. That's cool. Oh, let's start, a, let's start a, our video camera. Let's, let's get this guy on the ground and you can ride this 50-year-old man. That's, that's real cool. Not. <laughs> All right, one last thing off topic here. Um, you were on MMA Roasted. Uh, you'd said something about Gary Tonin that, that you could beat him in a grappling match. You guys have had a back and forth recently. Uh, since then, he's challenged you, and he said something like, "If you beat him, he you he'd let you teabag him in the in the ring or the cage or whatever." What's your response to that, and and what prompted the beef with Gary Tonin? Yo, it's funny you talk about my Michael Bisping like that. Let me let me tell you right <laughs> now. That- 
that, that Michael Bispin's looking me out of that one eye at me the whole time, man. And let me tell him one thing. God saved the queen, but God couldn't save Bispin's right eye. He talks the talk, but he couldn't walk the walk. Who'd he be? Who'd he be? Luke Walkle, the underwear model who has a glass chin? Dan Henderson left him stiff. American forefather. Chael Sonnen had him look looking up at the lights. So, you know, Bispin, he's salty. He couldn't back up the shit he says like I do. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And, you know, when you mention Hendo, I don't know if you see on social media, but uh, it seems like every 4th of July a uh, uh, picture of, of um, Bisping dressed as a, uh, a red coat and uh, Hendo dressed as a content or a, uh, you know, a revolutionary soldier pops up with, you know, Hendo knocking him out. I always find that funny every 4th of July. Uh, but listen, getting back to your own career, what's next for the champ? You're going to stick around Oregon for a while or you're going to head back to Florida soon? Yeah, I'm going to stick around Oregon for another week or two, you know, enjoy time with my family and, and the community out here. And, and then I'll get back out to training in Florida in about two or three weeks. And, and then every, everybody knows what's next. You know, Woodley's living in his little safe space. You know, he, you know, Hollywood's made him softer. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to see each other across the octagon. I'm going to retire him for good. There's no more talk of Tyrone Woodley. All the fans, I'm supposed to be the bad guy. I'm selling this like I'm the bad guy. But I can't even be the bad guy because anytime Tyrone Woodley opens his mouth, he immediately becomes the bad guy. He's trying to act like a good guy, but he's talking about things that only bad guys talk about. So, you know, Woodley's, uh, you know, he needs to just shut his mouth and just let me sell the fight. No one cares about him. He's not a draw. That's why he had to piggyback off Connor and he had to piggyback off John Jones to get pay-per-view points and make money. So, you know, no one cares about Woodley. He's a race better. You know, if, if people say they don't like his fight style because, you know, he is the human form of NyQuil and that's why we call him Tyquil. And, and no one wants to watch him fight. He's not a draw. He's boring. So, you know, don't worry. I'm going to relieve him as the most boring fighter of all time and send him to the retirement home. So it's, it sounds to me like you believe that, that with this fight, you're going to end up becoming an anti-hero. Absolutely. You know, I'm probably, this is probably going to be the fight where I come out as the baby face, you know, because, you know, just look at Tyrone Woodley. He makes a fool of himself. Anytime he opens his mouth, you know, he's just, you can't trust anything that guy. The guy reports fake news for a living. I mean, the guy's a joke. He lives in a safe space. He doesn't He doesn't let anybody follow his social media unless they agree with his political opinion. And, you know, he's he's not he's he's anti-Trump. You know, he doesn't like Trump. So I'm pro-Trump. This is uh, this is America's coming out party. And I'm making the UFC and welterweight division great again. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the race baiting, man. I saw a headline. I wasn't even going to bring it up because it's the friggin New York Post. And, you know, they're definitely not a a. Um a magazine or article of note, but they said something about the, the UFC is, is, is on the verge of a race war talking about Tyron and you. How ridiculous is that, man? <laughs> that's, that's so ridiculous. You know, I mean, there's always going to be guys that, that, you know, they want to report fake news and they, and they want to, they want to control the narrative and it's not right. You know, no, that's why no one reads the New York post anymore. For sure. For sure. All right, listen, we, we've talked about pro wrestling here. I just wanted to touch on this quick. Uh, you know, you mentioned Bobby Lashley. I know, I know all the work with Dan Lambert, your previous work with uh, pro wrestling, but I'm wondering, uh, do you have any appearances coming up before you uh, defend this title or, or unify the titles, rather, with uh, Tyron? Uh, yeah, you will see me front row at WrestleMania in uh, Miami American Airlines at the end of uh, this month. So, you know, I'm going to go see my boy Bobby Lashley down in Miami. I'll be back out in Florida at that time. So, you know, who knows what I'm going to do with that. That's the thing about me and chaos. Chaos is un unpredictable. You don't know when chaos is going to strike. You know, I might just hit that ref with, with, a, with a chair if he, if he messes, you know, if he tries to screw my boy Bobby Lashley over again. So, 
You know, you got to tune into Wrestle WrestleMania, or no, it's Monday Night Raw, not WrestleMania. It's Monday Night Raw will be at an appearance for WWE. So tune into Monday Night Raw at the end of this month down in Miami from American Airlines Arena, and you're gonna see some unpredictable chaos. Awesome, man. I know you've had goals and of, of being in the WWE as well. Uh, have you had any discussions with them about making that a reality, or could this possibly be this this Monday Night Raw at the end of the month? Could this possibly be your uh, your first appearance on the show? Yeah, we're in talks. Uh, the good thing is that Bobby Lashley is over in WWE now. So, you know, my manager and agent, uh, Dan Lambert, who owns American Top Team, he's in talks. You know, he, he wants, you know, he might be my microphone, my voice. And I just, you know, it's just me out there. And I'm going to go destroy all the guys on the WWE roster and, and, and let Dan Lambert speak from the microphone. That guy has a, a one take promo like you've never seen. I mean, all that. All the taping we did in Impact Wrestling, they were like, what the heck? You don't have to do a retake? Literally, he did all the stuff on one take. So it, it was unbelievable. So, you know, me and Dan Lambert and American Top Team and Bobby Lashley are looking to get over there soon. And and uh, hopefully we can make that happen. But right now in this time, I'm focusing all my energy and everything into to Woodley. You know, I'm not a half-assed. You know, Woodley's on TMZ. He's in Hollywood getting soft. I'm, I'm only training. I'm, I'm only living the lifestyle. I'm only getting ready. You know, putting putting the, the time in to go retire him and to go, you know, be a man of my word. And that's exactly what I am, man. I'm a man of my word. Everything I said my whole career, I've done it. And that's what I'm going to do to Woodley. So, you know, at this time, I'm just focusing all my energy into Tyro Woodley. And then hopefully uh, we can make that WWE transition happen by the end of the year or early next year. Well, I certainly look forward to it. And uh, as you said, man, you walk the walk, you talk the talk. Speaking of which, I know you've said that it's going to be November. Are you fully confident that, that this fight is going to go down in November? Do you think Woodley's going to play any games to maybe make it later in the year or possibly early next year? To be honest, you know, I think Woodley might play games. You know, he might not end up even, you know, he might just back out of this ass whooping. I, I don't know. He knows deep down inside what happened when we trained together. He can say whatever he wants to say to the media, but deep down inside, he knows, you know, I'm his worst nightmare. Uh, I'm his, you know, I'm coming to, I'm the nightmare that's coming to real life, so... You know, I hope it happens. You know, I'll be here ready. You know, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Then then the belt's just mine, and I'll move on to bigger and better things. So, you know, I hope it happens. It's a fight that needs to happen, and and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, signed and sealed within the next couple months. Now, w- would you be open, or, or I know you said that you wanted to be on a card with DC. Would you be open to being on that card with DC and Brock, which I think is likely going to go down in January? Would you put off the fight until January if you, if it meant you could be on that card? Absolutely. That would be a dream come true to fight on the same card as DC. You know, he, he's loved. I'm hated. You know, the, the, the energy that we could bring to the to the arena, the atmosphere. You know, you saw what I did in Brazil. You saw what I did in Chicago. So, you know, it'd be awesome. It'd be an honor and a dream come true to be on the same card as DC. I really look up to him as a fighter. He's the greatest of all time. So hopefully I can get on that, you know, me and Tyrone Woodley on, as the co-main event to, to Brock versus DC. Yeah, that would be tremendous, man. Absolutely tremendous. All right, as always, you've been more than generous with your time. I guess in conclusion, man, does uh, does Colby Covington meet Donald Trump before the end of the year, or does it have to be after the Woodley fight? Colby Covington, mark my words here. You heard it here first on BJ Penn Radio. I will go to the White House before the end of the year. I will drop my gold belt in the Oval Office, shaking hands with Donald Trump, the greatest living American to date, the leader of the free nation, Donald P. Trump, a great American citizen. He's addicted to winning. Everybody that wants the liberal scum that want to say stuff about him, you cannot – you cannot mistake the fact that he loves his country and he's doing everything he can to make this country great again. So I will drop my belt to Donald P. Trump or Donald uh, J. Trump 
and leave it at the Oval Office. You mark my words. <laughs> Mixing up Chael P. Sonnen and Donald uh, Donald J. Trump there. <laughs> I, right? I was. I, I was <laughs> Two great Americans, right? <laughs> Two great Americans. See, Chael's in my mind, man. That guy's, he's a great 11 American as well, so I can't get him out of my mind. <laughs> All right, <laughs> listen, Colby, again, always appreciate the time. Uh, I always appreciate you coming on the show as well. Look forward to the next conversation. Hope you have a great summer, man. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Uh, big shout out to uh, Thurston Wrestling Club out here in Thurston, Oregon, and uh, my community, Thurston, Oregon, all the 541, all of Oregon, and, and of course, American Top Team, the, you know, they helped me get here, Dan Lambert, and uh, much love to BJ Penn Nation for always having me as a voice. Hey, you got it, brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks again. We'll catch up again soon. Enjoy the summer, man. All right. Have a good one, man. Take care. Later, buddy. 